One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If you ask them to name three geniuses, they probably wouldn't say Einstein, Newton, you know. They'd go Brent, Partridge, Sessions. It's Flats and Shanks. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 8 of our weekly podcast, second series. I'm Tom Shanklin. Shit intro. I'm David Flatman. Oh, we'll do it again then, shall we? No, leave it. Alright, fine. Leave it. You want to do it, mate, you do it. <laughs> How you doing, fella? Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of this weekly podcast called Flats and Shanks. You, it's rubbish again, called Flats and Shanks. You... You need to be more like me, mate, in your general... Be yourself, first of all, but stop trying to copy me. And, like, you know, when we used to come out of our flat in London and I used to actually say hello to the odd neighbour and you were uh. like, you're such a fucking weirdo. <laughs> oh, hello, morning. Hi, old chap. Mate, I hate neighbours. You hate people. I just, I don't hate people. I just don't want to, you know, I just don't want to speak to neighbours in yeah, the morning. Remember, remember our... Remember our um... That's why I go to the gym in the morning really early, so I don't have to see anyone. Yeah. No, that I'm, and I just... Like that. Uh, and you hate your family. Um, that and to get muscles. Hate your kids. Yeah, and uh, I remember when we, the two things I remember about our neighbours were one, there was that guy directly opposite us, like across the gap sort of thing. Yeah. And he had super loud opera music on with his windows open, so loud that we couldn't hear the telly. So then we emptied a whole cartridge of that, of that semi-automatic BB gun I had. We emptied a whole cartridge of this BB machine gun through his window. <laughs> Yeah, just to shut him up. Didn't work, did it? Yeah. Then we put a note under his door, didn't we? Please shut up. Yeah, didn't work either. We couldn't hear anything. No. And then then there was that other guy. He used to eat a lot of sweet bread, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, like Hannibal Lecter. (laughs) (laughs) Probably was him. I wonder what his favourite drop was. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it masked the screams. There was another neighbour who got done by the cops. Do you remember that? Were you still there then? No. And he came in the police who heard this massive noise and the police had smashed his door down and... Really, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and he got his had his computer taken and got arrested and all sorts of. I remember, I remember the lounge because in, in this flat that flats had, he used to have these massive tall windows, like the length of the length of the floor um, to ceiling. We called them. That's what we called them. Yeah, mm. and um, before, like you know, the internet was really um, 
stuck for words already. Before the internet, before the internet was really invented, fast before it was fast, <laughs> before it was invented. Uh, we used to have a, an old blue movie you used to put into the video player. Yeah, you and did, s- didn't you? No, you did, didn't you? No, you, you did. did. <laughs> All right, I, I can I'm sw- telling a story. <laughs> I, about I, you. I can swear. And, and I can swear on my life. I never used, ever watched And you used that to watch movie. it. You used to watch it <laughs> on the beanbag on the TV. And then you realised people could see in and there was no curtains because <laughs> you're an animal. <laughs> you're a villain. It was an addiction. <laughs> oh, Christ. And you went to see the doctor about it. Um, I can remember you went to see the doctor about it because <laughs> <laughs> I was worried about you it's fake news no you saw a doctor about it because I, I was worried about you to start with I thought you had a really bad cold because there's tissues everywhere <laughs> but we went, I went, we went to the doctor and I said look is this right because he, he's, he's doing it all the time um, you know, we had to go to the opticians in the end four, four, four times a day <laughs> and the doctor said no no he's alright you know it's it's good you know it's it's good for you it gets the blood pumping around the body you're exercising you're exercising you're living longer and we went yeah. back and got the calculator out and realised that Flats is going to live forever <laughs> <laughs> he's immortal <laughs> uh, oh. but the the act the actual um, truth is that one day you looked up on your beanbag and saw the neighbours looking down and laughing. <laughs> is it not? Is that not true? Uh, I can't know. Don't lie on a pod, mate. Oh, what? Bellend. I did not have sexual relations with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you used to have a go at me all the time for being too friendly. Do you remember once when... Uh, were you there when those guys ran into the car park with a gun? No. All oh, right. So pulled, pulled into that car park. In, um, see, our, our flat was in Stoke Newington in Hackney. And it was fine, wasn't it? Like a nice. Everyone said it was super rough area, but we were always fine, weren't we? Like, it was, your, your car yeah, got but, done yeah, over but, but Yeah, but we can take care of ourselves. Yeah, and they were. Oh God, I remember walking once with my ex-girlfriend with Jules walking along the road, and we were literally walking. I don't know down the road to go for a dinner or something like that. Yeah. And we walked around the corner out, out the flat, and there's only one way. We were like, oh no, and then we'd have been like twenty plus lads in the street, dark, all hoods up couple of bull terriers like mine and they were all just covering the whole footpath and into the road and i was like oh, oh, and she was like oh, should, let's turn around let's turn around and i was like no you can't turn around thinking absolutely i look back and think absolutely should have turned around mm. and they were all like smoking and spitting on the floor looking hard but you have to impress her don't you she yeah doesn't get, she doesn't exactly want to go it. out with a wimp exactly it exactly she was it. testing you pure ego it was pure ego and my ass was going properly because i was thinking oh my god they're going to beat me up or mug me in front of my girlfriend or something. Mug you off. And um, I walked straight through and I just said, watch out, mate. All right, lads. And he just moved out of the way. So, yeah. right, mate. They were, they were, in the end, one of them, the dog like went to jump up and I was like, oh, steady, mate. He goes, oh, he's really friendly. I gave him a little stroke and they were really nice lads. Felt really bad and macho. Set up a WhatsApp group, keep in touch. Yeah. Anyway, so I punched him in the throat and so walked on. It was the Blazing Squad, was it? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was uh, so solid, mate. All right. It was so solid. Uh, it was Asher D and, and the lads. Yeah, those are the days. You got your car done over once, didn't you? After Arsenal lost at home or something. So your car got smashed <laughs> up. <laughs> no, well, I used to have a Hyundai 1.3 Accent SI. And what a shit car that was. Yeah. I had to get a new, ra- I had to get like a, a radio CD player. And it was one of those that you used to have to take the front off it. You know when you let when you left the car, you always took the front off it as well, didn't you? Yeah, but I can never be bothered to bring it in the house because I'd take it in the house and I forget to bring it, so I couldn't listen to the radio. Then, so I used to keep it under the car seat. And the bloody thieves caught on to that, didn't they? Of course they did. First yeah. place they looked, <laughs> all, gl- all glovey, and then under there. Yeah, they nicked my. Remember, they nicked my Oliver Sweeney shoes at the back of your car as well. Did they? Yeah, I had some really nice shoes that I got from being in the England squad. Sorry yeah, about that's that. right. Not blazing England. <laughs> uh, they nicked my blinking shoes. 
I remember bringing up and saying, oh, to the England team manager, I've lost my shoes. That's right. That's right. And they were like, can I have some more? And they were, I was like, because we got the formal event after the game and they were like, Because we put signs this? up around Stoke Newton saying, has anyone seen Aladdin's shoes? <laughs> <laughs> they were winkle pickers. <laughs> Not those ones you do. Oh. Not those ones. Do you remember, do you remember when we, because um, we used to live not too far from, was it Lake um, Blue Water and Lakeside? Yeah. Shopping centres. Yeah. So we used to go there now and again after training, didn't we? Yeah. Do you remember we went with Julian White and it was when the fart alarms first came out. Not the fart alarms, the oh. what they, fart machines. <laughs> Remote control fart, fart machine, machine speaker. Yeah. Oh. So we what a this, gag that was. And these fart machines used to make like seven or eight different noises, didn't yeah. they? Good bit of variety, actually. Yeah, and they put it in my coat pocket, and I was looking at magazines. And they were pressing it, and it was like... <laughs> we just get all these looks from people, It was like WH Smith, wasn't it? And oh, I remember pressing the button. I remember I couldn't control myself. No. And thinking I was like wheezing. And I remember I remember the feeling of thinking I need my asthma inhaler and I haven't got it. I remember thinking I'm actually wheezing. I looked over and Julian White was on his hands and <laughs> knees in WH Smith. He's actually on his hands and knees. He's crying. He's properly crying and we couldn't move. We'd like, never seen anything like this because obviously the closest thing that comes out would be a whoopee cushion. Yeah. And you can only do that when you're sitting down. Oh, what a gag that was. Yeah. Now you can probably get an app on your phone for it. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be as good, but... No. Oh my God, that was genius. Mm. That was absolute genius. Anyway, um, what have you been up to? What have you been up to? Okay. Um, not a great deal, I don't think. Oh, good. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think what I did. I went to Ascot on Saturday to the races. Was that a um, was that a bloody lads trip? No, it wasn't actually. It was couples. Oh, well done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, which missus did you take? <laughs> <laughs> so you went with your wife. She dressed up. Did you dress up? What were you wearing? Suit and tie. Um. Yeah. I wore a suit and tie combo. It wasn't actually a suit and tie, but it was like you know. Did you wear any fake tan? Tell me the truth. Uh, no. Don't, why, the would truth? I, why would I wear that? Um, actually, it's quite funny. Um, Lee Burns got a book out at the moment, and oh um, yeah, he's yeah, piling so, to howlers, isn't he? Yeah, he's ripping. He's ripping into everyone. Really, he's talking. It, it actually, the snippets look quite good. He's talking about uh, depression. He's talking about um, dealing with dyslexia. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I didn't realise he was dyslexic. No, um, because he used to read a book before games, but then after like reading the same book for five seasons, I yeah, same <laughs> five five seasons yeah. but we're, we're actually on the back of the bus. And I said to Bernie, can you smell petrol? And he went, mate, come smell my own name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but By the way, if it's your, you've got permission to take the piss out of your mates, that's... Um, but yeah. You, 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 would, you would make that gag to Bernie's face, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. No, of course I would. Done it anyway. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Um, He's got his, his little extract from his book. says, we also shared a passion for male grooming. Maybe it was Gavin Henson who set the trend on that score, using fake tan and getting his body hair lasered. But the Fab Four were quick to follow in Gav's footsteps and others followed us. Sandra Pay made a mint out of us. Even Tom Shanklin started to look orange at one point. Has <laughs> <laughs> he said that? Yeah. <laughs> He's got to mention, mate. Yeah, I know. Um, that's all I wanted. So, yeah, where were we? It's an interesting one, that, the whole... We'll talk about what you've been up to in a minute, but the whole book thing, it's a really interesting one because I I can't help but... And I, you know, you know Bernie know. a lot better than me, but I know Bernie kind of socially a bit. He's a great bloke. He's a very, very good bloke. I was with him down at Osprey's. So fun to be around. Great company, like, very mm. genuinely funny guy, like, witty guy. So, 
But I do look, Bernie aside, not about Bernie's book, but I do look at these books and think, this is lads trying to make a splash to generate profile and money. And I can't remember the last rugby player or ex-rugby player who made a splash with a book or who made a load of money. And the the, num- the numbers are the numbers are um, obviously they are relevant, but they're not something to share. But I got approached, believe it or not, by this very nice lady recently who said, "I've read some of your stuff, whatever. I reckon you should write a book and kind of a rugby book." And I've actually said this London publisher, and I've actually said, "No, I'm not going to do that because I'm not famous. That doesn't help." Was it Mrs. Penguin? It was Mrs. Penguin. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was uh, Enid Blyton's daughter. No, it was, but that was. I said no, and but, and she said, "Well, I said, why not?" She goes, "Well, you don't." I said, "You don't make it. It's a load of work. You don't make any money." She said, "Yeah, but you end up with something you're proud of." And I thought, "Well, that that's a decent reason, but I wouldn't necessarily be proud of fifty rugby stories in a book." Yeah, but okay. the but these lads are doing it for profile and money. And and I said, "What well, does anyone make any money?" And she said, "Oh God, no. You don't write books for money." So she said, "You know, one book I know made a lot of money was." I think Martin Johnson or Johnny Wilkins, I genuinely can't remember which one, released a book written by someone else after the World Cup. And that made really good money. And she told me how much it made. And I was like, mate, that isn't good money. Like, for the you, amount of work and the amount of exposure, like... You call her mate, do you? Yeah. Okay, I, said, I said, bro. Yeah. But anyway, I was like, oh, right. I was thinking you were going to say, like, it made hundreds of thousands of pounds. And it was like, no. It made, you know, if you're doing really well, you're sort of getting a golf tdi out of it and i think for that that's fine that's fine unless you are massively burning bridges and knifing prominent people then i think is it worth it for a few quid and i just don't no I'm, i just don't think it is do you know what? i've not really got like i've not really got a story um i'm actually quite boring there's nothing really that interesting about my rugby life growing or personality. up personality so <laughs> so i like what what do people want to hear but to be fair to Bernie, he's pulled no punches in his book. He's been brutally honest, probably too honest. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm actually looking forward to reading the extracts. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm going to buy his book. I'm not even going to buy his book. Actually, I'm just going to go to Waterstones or or Woolworths, wherever wherever he's selling it. I don't know if Woolworths. Look in the index anymore. for the good bits. Yeah, just look in the back. See my name. See yeah. what he said. Yeah, but it, it's it's an interesting. One. I, just, I just I just cannot see. So if you. If you think that of all the lads that release these books with something stinging in it about somebody prominent, mm. firstly they're going to have to face them at some point, which I always find a bit awkward. But also, yeah, are, are, especially are in the rugby guys, circles, and if you're doing media and if you're doing yeah after dinner, but are, are these guys? They're definitely going to meet them a few times all the time. But are you? Are these lads? Do they have a a sort of a a narrative that they? that is burning a hole in them. Do they have a narrative that they are burning to release and they can't sleep and it's their mission to release this book and tell the truth and out somebody? Is it is it their mission? I don't think it is an editorial mission. I think it is a quest for PR and money. And while that is fine, because that is life after rugby for many of us, I just think personally I wouldn't savage... You know, there are things I could say about, you know, like... Clive. Clive, there are, but he was never nasty to me. But, you know, getting dropped... On the, you know, a, they forgot to drop me, so I turn up at the hotel and the team manager rings me to drop me, and I'm in the hotel car park, and yeah. there's all that sort of shit. And he's like, I could put that in a book and tell 38 people that buy it. But actually, the, um, actually, Clive, the back row, the back row bastards that you hated, back row bastards. Yeah, Hilly, Lalan, and oh, I hated those bastards. Yeah. 
Still hate Hilly now. Still hate Hilly. I mean, that's hey, interesting that's one, uh, Adam them. Jones tweeted yesterday. Would Nick Mullins tweet a picture of his notes from Osprey, Saracen's Ospreys? Yeah, I saw that actually. And I love that. You see, yeah. I mean, I'm used to seeing commentators' notes. That's a proper, that's a proper work of art though. Oh yeah, it? yeah. Mm. I mean, he's every game, every single game he does, does that. Yeah. I but saw then, you actually had his, his shoes on again today. Yeah, that's right. I'm wearing his shoes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, but then uh, someone commented, but Adam Jones said that was a great day and a great win. Um, and the next week, Richard Hill played and we lost. Put it that way. Enough said. Sort of thing. That's how good Hilly was. So yeah. like Hilly, Hilly missed a game and then came back and beat the same team because then Hilly in it. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, no one likes Hilly, do they? I w- I, That's a joke. It's quite interesting because you'd always like to read what what the commentators written about you. <laughs> oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, um, struggles, injured a lot, <laughs> only plays fifty five minutes. Yeah, yeah, uh, something like that. Turnstile. So anyway, how's Ascot? Needs to go to the butchers to buy some guts. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, no, Ascot was good. It was good. Um, three winners, whatever. Can you get um, your hand out your jeans, please? But no. Um, but I reckon I was about £100 up by the end of it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so pretty successful day. Yeah. But I is started... That, is that including travel and tickets and everything? That was all free. Um, oh, of course it was. Sorry. It's corporate. Bit of corporate. Yeah. But and I, I had no formula about what to bet on. You know, I'd look at the programme and if a name came up that I quite liked, mm. I would um, jump on it so to speak, and go over bet. But then I'd ask other people what they're betting on and they'd tell me, oh, this horse is going to be really good. So I'd go out again and put more bets on. So I'd have like nearly all the horses in the race. Yeah. Yeah. Ten on each, please. Yeah. But no, it was, it was a nice day. Apparently it was the it was the weekend with the most prize money for um, the trainer's owners. Mm. Hmm. So it was good. The Queen was there. Was she? Mm. Say hello. No. Well, Tin's there. No, I, I don't actually know. He pro- it might have been, but yeah. but it was nice. It was good. I don't often go to the races. Then we saw George Ezra. He was playing after. Oh, I like him. Well, I know one of his songs. That was it. Budapest. Yeah, Budapest, yeah. Yeah. I've been quite happy if you just put that on repeat all the time, like in The Wedding Singer. Yeah. It's like, bro, just sing your song. Do your song, mate. It's like Chesney Hawks. He starts singing, it's the new stuff I've written, guys. No, 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 let me stop you there, Ches. (laughs) Let me stop you there, kid. The Proclaimers. Just sing it. Just sing it. Have a break. Sing it. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. uh, Oh, what Watched you on Friday night at Bath. At Scarlet's. Scarlet's. Yeah. Yeah. What what have you been up to? You've just been working rugger? Oh, I had a shocker Friday night, mate. No. Oh, you did did that again, did you? No, not that. All right. um, I turn up and it was pissing with rain. Oh, I saw. And I was like, oh, that's all right. I'll just go in the back of my car because I always keep um, a couple of coats in the back of my car because I'm always around the grounds and whatever. I opened my boot and it was like, ah, oh, shit, I'd cleared it all out because I had my car serviced overnight and I swapped it into my mate's car that he lends me when he services my car from Land Rover because yeah. he lives down the road. And I've my coats are in the back of his car in Bath. And I had this moment of inspiration where, I was like, oh my God, he would have driven here to... Sp- Watched the game and he hadn't. I was like, so I was, I was in a grey cashmere jacket in the pissing rain, looked like an absolute muppet. And you were doing it with Joe Cocker. It wasn't a brown jacket though, was it? No, were you doing it with Joe Cocker? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, actually, people have been tweeting about that. You wore a blue one the following week, you wore a grey one this week. It looks, you look younger when you wear that those types of jackets and colours because you always wear brown and tweed. And I always reckon that makes you look older. I've, I've got a couple of new jackets coming actually. And, and you've had a shave. And your head shaved today, you know. Yes, because I'm eating. because I'm eating some trendy people for lunch. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, 
but yeah, yes. I've got I've got a couple of jackets coming actually. Um, but the thing is, mate, it's, I'm not like you. Like you're very much stronger than the average man, but you're you're quite big, but you're much stronger than your size suggests. Yeah, so like a, a large one XL would fit me. Yeah, but I every every jacket I own has to be bespoke. Like even made to measure doesn't work anymore. No. So I have to have it bespoke, and apart from being prohibitively expensive, it takes two or three months to get a jacket. So I've got three jackets coming. I've just had two dinner suits I've just picked up. I needed. I wear dinner suits all the time, so I've just yeah. picked up two new dinner suits. Um, and I've got three jackets on the way from a, uh, you know, from a place I use, and and that'll be great. But I've got, I've got, unfortunately, I've got a tweed one, but it's kind of a fun tweed one. Oh, nice. I've got another different kind of navy one, and I've got like a grey one. Mixing it up. Yeah, but it's all very well. One of the ones I got from them last year is this, like, I wanted this kind of... Um, Foul fashion. electric blue type thing for summer. And it came and it's just, I look like a bingo caller. So I basically paid all this money and I've worn it once and I just won't wear it again. You look like you're selling ice cream, do you? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I need, but, white, I need white velvet gloves. But anyway, you got soaking wet, I saw. Oh my days. Yeah, which is fine. It just looks stupid. I don't yeah. mind, you know. Because it, it was obviously light grey, so you could see the wet on it whilst mm. Joe Cocker had a... Had a blue one. It's not yeah. Joe, is it? It's Tim. Yeah, it's Sean. Yeah, um, Tim Cocker. Oh, sh- um, Tim Cocker. Yeah. Uh, so Which I didn't realise, but he's actually um, presents uh, another rugby podcast. Who? Tim Cocker. Yeah. Yeah. Egg Chasers. Yeah. 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 Um, I got uh, JB, who's list. If you're listening now from the Egg Chasers, um, just have a look at his like. Have a look at his like tweets. Right, his timeline. If you're ever, if you're ever so bored. You're thinking, what's the point of living? Have a look at that, because it is your last resort. But he, um, I accused him this week, um, tongue-in-cheek, of having ODD, Oppositional Defiance Disorder. And I've actually Googled it, and it says there is no treatment for Oppositional Defiance Disorder, which I find unusual. But he basically disagrees with everything okay. that everyone says. Have a look. And JB, I think you need help. Okay, yeah, he's, he's saying. saying that about the uh, the new law that's been put in by... Everything's a joke. Everything's yeah. a joke. Um, so, yeah, but... Um, yeah, because the regime don't like it. Tim, Tim's actually Tim's very good at his job. So yeah, so interesting, um, interesting few days. I mean, it's one of those. Are you finished? By the way, you've done. You've been to Ascot. Oh yeah, that. yeah, no, no, mate, that's it. I'm, I, I'm interested in you. Okay, that's the main reason we came. Isn't String it? it out because you don't have any questions. Uh, we do. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I remember ages ago Ben K, the last round of Europe or whatever uh, last season, he was like. Oh, not, you know, a few miles getting covered this weekend and it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday and it showed his map on Google Maps. This is where I'm going and it was crazy. Like, it's a crazy amount of miles and they have like a hundred people replying, oh, sorry, some of us have got real jobs. Some of us, it's like, oh, fuck, bore off, mate. It's like your job can't be hard. Yeah, and Ben wasn't saying, I hate my job. He was saying, what, this is punchy. I'm going to be knackered Sunday night. That's what he was saying. You've got to get up, you've got to get up for it on TV, haven't you? Like, I've got to actually get myself up for this podcast yeah, it's otherwise a, I just probably it's I a just, performance. Probably won't but, even open my mouth. But the mileage, anyway. I you know I was thinking about it this week, and I had um, <clears throat> excuse me, I had. No, well, this is nothing to do with work, but like my dad calls me on Tuesday and said, "Look, we're having a little dinner for Mum tomorrow night for her birthday, which was last week." But we're no, yeah, I know. So I'm my phone. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course, it's a little reminder. Um, so that was like on Thursday. It was like I drove to Kent which is not that far, it's three hours, and then have dinner and drove back. And that's fine. Uh, the next day, drove to West Wales um, and drove back, and there's a horrible accident, and there's a diversion, and there's driving through yeah. Port Talbot at half past midnight. Get home at like half one. 
eight o'clock, straight back in the car, <clears throat> driving to BT Sports Studios in East London. And you finished, I finished there at 5.45. And I'm li- ru- when I say running, I mean walking out the door as quick as I can, straight back into the car, flat out at the national speed limit, around the M25, down the M4, straight into Central Bath, don't come home, get changed in the ba- like by the back of the car into a tux, Old into school. a dinner suit, straight into this thing to help with my mate's uh, charity auction. It's a charity called Dorothy House, Jerry Guskett's favourite charity actually, but help yeah, with the auction. And it's like, go, 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 go. And got back here at about half 12 on Saturday night and I was just absolutely fucking broken. And it's one of those things that, I saw we went out for Sunday lunch yesterday because it's Monday morning here, by the way. We went out Sunday lunch yesterday in Bath, saw a couple of mates in the pub, and like, what have you been up to? I said, oh, I was over there, and they're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, cool. You know, oh, that's cool, a couple of games. You're like, mate, honestly, I've been in the car for 12, Only I've been in the car knew. for 14 hours in the last day and a half, two days. Like, um, but yeah, it's not a complaint, it's just like, it's funny. I really enjoy all of it. Woke up on Sunday morning, and I was just absolutely broken. Yeah, like it would be if if only you did. If only, yeah, people only see you on TV. They don't see the. Yeah, of course they don't. The traveling and uh, yeah. and the research and Which is everything fine. that goes into it. But yeah. often it's e- often it is genuinely easier to just if they say right, you're in Claremont this weekend. You're like, oh, happy days. All I got to do is drive forty minutes to Bristol Airport. Yeah, and so that's that's done. The rest of it's easy. You're not sitting in traffic and you're not doing sort of four-hour journeys each way. And What do you have for Sunday dinner, mate? Well, I had roast beef, which might not surprise you. Okay. Yeah, it was very nice, actually. Yeah, perfectly nice. Got, um, yeah, kids are away this week, mate. They're with the in-laws in Holland. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Do you know what? There's this interesting little dilemma, actually, and some of our male or female listeners might relate to this. So my wife is work she's upstairs now having a lie in but she's she's working this week so she's working three or four days whatever this week is in Bristol and so straight away last night I was like hey um, I'm going to go and see Danny Grucox down in Devon because it's half term and he works at a school down there with his family I was like I might go to Devon for a few days this week because I've got a few days off because nobody books anything in half term because they're all away so I might kids are away I might go take the dogs down to Devon for a few days and she's like oh great so we finally get some time on our own and you're going. I was like, I hadn't even thought of that. I had not even thought of that. It was like, well, she'll get home from work at seven. We'll watch TV from like half seven yeah. to like 9.15, 9.20. Watch a couple of episodes of Tin Star or Liar or something. I finished that. Tin she'll, Star. she'll go to bed and I'll be like, I could be in Devon drinking pints with Dan and I could be going fishing in the morning with Dan and doing a barbecue. So long story short, I'm going. Can't... <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching Mindhunter on Netflix. Me too. I really like that. Yeah, so do I. Tin Star. I'm, I'm, I'm bailing out of Tin Star after six episodes. It's fucking yeah, boring. Yeah, I, I watched. So I watched them all, but I ended up fast forwarding quite a lot of it. It's so boring. But I really like Tim Roth as an actor. L- he genuinely amazing. I was saying that the other day. He is amazing. No, I said it first. No, but he's so natural. Mm. So natural. But um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying Mindhunter. I really like that. Um, do you do that? Do you do that thing where? And don't get all 2017, you're all sexist, but I am a heterosexual man and I find, I can appreciate a good-looking man, but I find good-looking women more attractive than good-looking men because that's how, I, how I'm wired up. But that, I, do, I often find, like, I watch a series like that and I will, one of the stars in it will be female and I will Google her and find out. You'll go on Mr. Skin, won't you? Whatever. No. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my wife walked past and I was watching Mindhunter, she doesn't watch it and the woman in it, whether she's really gorgeous and I was Googling her 
and I start scrolling through and she's standing behind me. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I knew she wasn't American. She goes, oh, mm. she didn't know. Yeah. I could tell by the accent. What is Saved she? Yourself, Australian. You? Saved yourself. Australian. She's like, oh, right. And walks off. <laughs> so she, the doctor in Mindhunter, is that the one? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to say then that the guy, the um, Holden's really, really attractive. Oh, I, no, I was also uh, Googling the guy. Um, what's his name? Holden. Not Holden, the other guy. Yeah. <clears throat> I never know, but really butch sort of uh, big look, big bloke. Yeah. He's been in loads of movies. I think he's great as well. Yeah. He's a really, really good actor. There you are. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, all sorts, Tom. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wait, boy. It's Leo Vegas bet time time. Go on then, have a bet. What well, was your bet last weekend? Uh, I think it was, it was, uh, it was Scarlet's by six points or oh, yeah, so you maybe. lost that. So, yeah, so you cost the kids well, a children need yeah. some money. The weather lost it. Poor kids. That's all I'm saying. Poor bloody kids. That's um, the only way you beat the Scarlets. And all right, like let's that. have a bet then. Let's bet on um, Saints Wasps. Is it Wasps Saints or Saints Wasps? Um, it's Saints Wasps. Mm. Um, three o'clock what, Saturday afternoon. What are you saying? Well, I reckon Northampton going to win. Um, a couple of bad results last couple of weeks. Okay. I think we'll see a massive bounce back. Although Wasps were good yesterday. Very good yesterday. Against a pretty average Harlequins team, mind. Yes, you're going Saints. I'm going to go Saints. Mate. I, I'm, I'm going to go Saints. Be bold, mate, will you? Okay, I'm going to go Saints by six. Okay. Are you happy with that? I'm perfectly happy with that. Okay. Um, and I'll say this, I'll say good luck to you. Okay, Northampton, Saints by six points or more against Wasps mm. on Saturday, three o'clock, Shanklin's Gardens. Hey, let's talk about some bloody rugger. Go on. Can I start? You starting? The para concussion. We'll start with that. Yeah. So Morgan Parrott takes a, a knee to the head. Yeah. Um, ben Whitehouse, who's referee in that game, says straight away that he is unconscious. Yep. He's knocked out. Yep. I don't believe he's unconscious. When when that knee hits his head, he does it. You don't see him 
blackout straight away. You see him hit the ground, then roll onto his front and then put his hands on his face. To me, that's not unconscious. To me, that's, ow, that hurts. I might be slightly dazed, but I don't think he was not unconscious like Ben Whitehouse says. Therefore, he can, he's allowed back onto the pitch. But Ben Whitehouse said it, so that overrules. But is, isn't it video evidence is number one, then the opinion of the referee? But a referee, surely it's, surely it's down to a doctor to determine whether he was... Well, no, because the doctor doesn't get there often until they've woken up. But you could see on the, you could see on the, for my point is, you could see on the TV that I don't think he was knocked out straight. You see players that get knocked out straight. So you saw, um, it was the Wasp Centre that come on, uh, the Harlequin Centre that come on yesterday. Oh, it was Matey Boy, wasn't it? Yeah. Goes straight yeah. into, gets his head caught Sayley. straight. Sayley. gets that straight into that. the middle. Yeah. But you can tell that straight away. You can tell by the way they fall. Yeah. You could not tell by the way Morgan Powell. Falls. What, there is some properly shoddy tackle technique going on these that was, days. That was terrible. Horrific. You've got to get your head down to the side. I'm glad Hugo said it as well because that is terrible. It's unfortunate. It's terrible technique. Actually, I forgot on the weekend, mate. I did a bit of coaching on Friday night. Old oh, Panathians. Yeah? yeah, I went up there. Did a for, for my mate. Did a bit of coaching when you under 13. Oh, for Wolf, wasn't it? Yeah, for the yeah, Wolf. Yeah. James Rainbow. Um, helps them a little bit with tackle technique, and they had a bit of a poor start to the season. And guess what? what? At the weekend, lost. How do you know? <laughs> no, they won. Um, but yeah, anyway, so, so Morgan okay. Parra goes off as an HIA, pass it, and is allowed back on the field, mostly because of Lopez breaking his leg. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't watch it. I texted you to see if it was bad. If yeah. you were going to say no, it wasn't bad, I was going to watch it. You're yeah, my gauge. I can't watch it. Do you know what? Interesting? Everyone's different. Um, so I was in the studio, and we have to talk about it and that sort of stuff. And I... As soon as I heard Benny Kay say, oh, no, or Oog say, no, no, I yeah. just, I, and I can't. French TV, they say this, they love it, and they kept replaying it. I still haven't seen it. I know what happens. I haven't seen it. But last night, my wife's like, oh, was it really bad? Um, and she was like YouTubing it and watched it about 10 times. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, who are you, man? Some of my mates send me videos, and they're just horrific, oh, some of the injuries it. you see. Yeah, I can't watch it at all. I really hate I remember my, my little daughter quite like Jim. Quite, quite likes gymnastics. I remember during the Rio Olympics, I said, oh, Rosie, come and have a look at this. They're doing the vault. And as soon as, as, soon as, soon as I said that, it was the French guy who came in, did the vault, landed on his leg, and his bone oh, snapped out. No, 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 no. She's no. like, Daddy, I don't, don't like, like it. I don't like don't it, like it, Daddy. It, don't like it. Um, I don't like but it. But well, what are your thoughts on that then with the power concussion, mate? Because you're, um, you're always good for an opinion. <laughs> uh, video evidence, I go with you on that. Okay. I don't agree. He looked knocked out. I, I get the feeling that Ben Whitehouse may have jumped the ref, may have jumped the gun in saying he was unconscious. Yes, I agree. And that has muddied the waters. I think he hurt himself, but I, I agree. When you see someone knocked out, they're not rolling, they're not covering their face. No, they're, they're, sucking, gone. they're sucking the grass in. And I think there is a good chance he wasn't knocked out at all. Uh, but he hurt himself. He took a bit of a hammering as well, didn't he, Ben Whitehouse, on social media with some of the decisions that were made. Yes, I, it's an interesting one, and then a lot, a lot of ex-players were tweeting about yeah, it. Yeah, and it's one of those ones where so we're sitting in the studio, right, and commentating or being in the studio, whatever. What what you don't you have the you have the what benefit do you prefer? Of, uh, for commentating. Okay, what what you don't have you do have the benefit of replays, but you actually don't have the benefit of watching it for a few hours and formulating an opinion <clears throat> and finding out what everyone thinks on Twitter and listening to cl- what clever people think and yeah. You've got to make your own mind up and take an editorial line and stick with it. That's the that's the point. So I, my view is that I don't like criticising referees. However, if a referee has such a big impact on a game and gets, in my view, so much wrong 
they're not so many or a number of key decisions wrong. Yeah. I think if you don't mention it and you say everything's fine, first of all, you don't improve the refs. Second of all, there's no pressure to improve the ref or is less. Second of all, you become that football manager who's watched his player dive and denies he's dived and you yeah. become you become ridiculous. Your credibility is diluted. So my point was we criticise the errors of players. It's not personal. It's just errors. We all made them. I'm going to criticise the ref. I think he's got a few things very wrong. So disallowed a try for Dylan Hartley that was legal. So the pat back, Alex Waller pats it back through the mall. Ball goes backwards. That's legal. That's a try. Then Ben Foden, you know, Lamarat doesn't ever release the player on the line. So Northampton lose a, you know, have a try disallowed. Then they have a penalty on the line when under a period of sustained pressure where there's no penalty. That's just a breakdown decision. Every ref does that. We would all make those mistakes. But the Dylan Hartley, you know, I, I feel like if it's not Dylan Hartley, he ain't getting yellow carded. And then Slimani is, that's a clear elbow to the head in retribution for what Dylan accidentally did to him before. So, and P, you know what? As soon as you do it, sorry, mate, as soon as you. Okay. As soon as you defend someone like Dylan Hartley and you're English, people always come forward and say you're you're an apologist. I don't give a shit what one person on Twitter thinks of my view of Dylan Hartley. He's from New Zealand. He was guilty. He's from New Zealand anyway, mate. If he was guilty, I would say so. When he's been guilty before, I've said so. That was never a yellow card. Slimani's was never a yellow card. Do you know what I think of Dylan Hartley? Um, and you look at him and you look at his eyes when he's hitting that ruck and his eyes aren't on Slimani at all. His eyes are on the guy he's cleaning out. So he's not looking where he's going. But if you're going to throw, I think he's he's quite clumsy in the way he plays. But I think he's thought, like, if I throw this arm with a clenched fist... It's it not might, a clenched fist, it's an open thumb he hits him all right. with. Well, it, it's the back it, of his it, thumb. It might, it might connect with something. If it connects with something, great. If it doesn't, doesn't. But you, if you watch his the head on, if you yeah, watch know, his eyes, he's nowhere near. No. I don't think he even sees Slimani. Yeah, no, I know, I know. It's, that's just my view on, and D- on him. D- Dylan's done that stuff loads of times. Yeah. So there's no point in defending yeah, it, that. It, it was hard, but no, no. What I'm saying is, his eyes went on him. He wasn't looking to, no. to punch, but he's, then, he was sort of thinking, right? If, if, if this arm comes through, and I you're assuming, through, but you've got to look it, at evidence. It might, yeah, you know. And I am assuming, but that's yeah. That makes an ass of you mainly, <laughs> and me, not me because I'm not. But it, but it. You know, Slimani is a targeted elbow to the head, and he's like, "Oh, he hits the shoulder, shoulder of the player." I was like, "Come on, son!" You know. Yeah, Joe Marlow was actually quite lucky with that as well. He was we, actually. Yeah, yeah, he was. He wasn't being held for long either. He just lost it. Yeah. You know. But, was, yeah. You know, and I, a lot of people. It's funny. A lot of people don't like the way Joe behaves on the field a lot of the time, and it's a difficult one because you don't you don't want to. I quite like it's, the. Imp- it's 2017, so you can't condone violence anymore in any form. However, I love the way Joe Marler plays and I don't apologise for that. On the edge. Um, mm. Yeah, I quite like the, the shot of him and um, Haskell before the game, just having a hug and a laugh. It's great. Yeah. They um, don't care. What the happened? Don't care. Do you, have you got any insight into Marlon Yard and why he was removed from the matchday squad? No, I haven't actually. Uh, I haven't really had a dig. Uh, just because Quinns were playing yesterday, I didn't want to sort of dig, you know, get in touch with any of the players or anything. But um, Something internally went on. Um, oh, we we don't know about it. I mean, if anyone knows, please tweet <laughs> us in. He's probably gone out of the piss, isn't he? That's usually what it is. Jamie Roberts, tweet us, tell us what happened. Yeah, yeah. Probably or turned up late to a meeting, stunk of booze, or yeah, you don't know. But yeah, that's my guess. Yeah, something like that. But um, don't assume, David. Okay. Yeah, um, who knows? Yeah, I'm, I'm semi interested. I've got to be honest. I'm not. Um, even if Quinns weren't playing yesterday. If you'd asked me to try and find out, I would have tried. Otherwise, I don't even bother trying to find out. It's like the Manu and Delhi Solomona stuff. I just couldn't give a shit. Um, don't care. It's not. It doesn't interest me. All that stuff. 
Nandolo. Yeah. Thoughts. Um, he loves, he loves slow cooking, smoking meat like I do. We're brother, we're like brothers. I was like Nandolo on Friday night against the under 13s. Were you? Yeah. That's what it's like. Yeah. You know, you're, you're so much bigger than them. They'll um, eventually get you down, but you can do what you want first. Eventually, yeah, for like four or five of them. See, his, what I like about Nandolo is his finish was just outrageously good. John, I'd really like to see though. Amazing. I'd love to see him in a, in a foot race between like, I don't know, Christian Wade or Johnny May. Oh, he'd be miles off. <laughs> I know, but I'd just like to see that because yeah. you can tell that he, he's probably got not that much pace. Yeah, he's quite quick off the mark. Yeah. Reasonably agile, but the offloads he got away against Chiefs. Oh, beautiful. No, I know. Beautiful. And that little um, bit, of, that little bit of footwork before Thomas Francis. Yeah, I mean that that was a pretty that's shoddy very very tackle. nice. It was shoddy, but he made a props easily beaten with footwork like yeah. that. That he he was just great. But you shouldn't you know you shouldn't be scoring from from there when the line's set. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, not. But yeah, that that finish was incredible. But what just, a win! What a win for Chiefs though. But if if you get a chance, Amazing. try and have a look at his. I mean, is there any clips out from BT about his sort of individual performance in his offloads? Yeah, there were clips of, on the highlights last night, there were clips of his offloads. Have a look at some of the offloads. Oh, my days. Round the back, round the front. where he gets them away. Yeah. He's not as good as Leone Nakawara, who is the best offloader in the world game. Okay. Um, why? why does he is very, very good. No, um, Nandolo's only started wearing a scrum hat as well recently. What? Yeah. Why is he wearing a scrum hat? I don't, don't know. know. Maybe he had a good game and then he you know, wanted to carry on wearing it. Yeah, well, quite often you, I don't have to do it anymore, but I remember I had, I had a few cut, like slits on my head, cuts on my head that wouldn't heal up, so you'd wear a hat it's horrible. so they could heal up. But some people wear it and feel that gets lucky. And It's horrible, though. Horrible. You, can't, you can't hear things. and it's, You know, it's strap under your chin all the time. Horrible. Did you ever wear one? I had to wear one a couple of times because I had stitches. Yeah. But I didn't like it at all. And it, it just doesn't suit me. No. Well, it should do because I've got a pretty face, but it didn't. <laughs> um, it should do because it covers up some of your head. But... <laughs> Yeah, worn with sunglasses as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Nandolo was awesome and celebrated with the Nandos after. Um, Steph Evans scored an amazing try Friday night. I know. For Everyone's talking. We mentioned Steph Evans a lot on this podcast. Now, Shane Williams wrote something in or was quoted in the papers to say that he shouldn't start for Wales. He might start now because George North is Shane injured. said that? Yeah, he shouldn't start. They should blood What does Shane know about playing on the wing for Wales? That's what though. I said. Uh, but I think he's that good. He's played that well. He's done the hard yards as well, right? This isn't his first season. He's not just burst onto the scene, you know. He's probably had two or three good seasons now with the Scarlets. And he's done it the hard way. So he's he's properly earned the right now to play for Wales, not through injury, not through um, desperation. He's being picked on form. And I reckon start with him straight away. He's that good. He has the he just roams around the field. Um, we were speaking about it earlier, weren't you? Saying that he just—he's never on his wing. You know, he's yeah. always popping up around the place, which is fine. Mm. But you have to have that understanding of the team then. So someone then has to keep the width. So you see Aaron Shingler a lot on the wing. I like him. You know, keeping. Yeah, he is. I, I, I really spoke like about him. him. He's athletic, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Um, anyway, it brings us on to the, to the Bath game. Now, I think had that been dry conditions, yeah, I think Scarlets would have quite easily won. But I know I am assuming again. I know you hate that, but. We're all That's right, I think you're. I think you're right. I think you're probably right. Um, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> interesting about Steph Evans, and we we planned this uh, chat pre-match, but you you always run out of time and whatever. Um, especially when Sean Holly and I are on the same show, you run out of time. Uh, How was Sean? Yeah, it's great actually. Very very nice to work with. Um, so there was this comparison between Rocket and Goonie and Steph Evans, and 
what you've basically got is Rocco, ball in hand, is unplayable when he's got any space at all. Otherwise, Steph Evans is between two and three times as effective in every single other area. And it's one of those things that Bath fans hate it, but I love Rocco and love watching him play as much as everyone else does. But Steph, you look at compare him, Steph Evans carries twice as much ball. He carries his average carry is twice as productive in terms of meters made. Yeah, Rocco makes 0.2 passes a game or something. He never passes it. He dies with the ball. The other scores or dies with the ball. Steph Evans makes three point something offloads or passes a game. Then it's like missed tackles. Steph Evans is not not brilliant actually, but decent. They're both at around seventy percent. So that's one area where they're really. But actually, in terms of comparisons, it's not all about stats. But you're like. Holy moly, this is like comparing Jack Knoll with Rocco. Yeah. He's just so he, much more productive. He's more like Jack Knoll, isn't yeah. he? You know, the instances in the game yeah. are far so higher much more productive. Yeah. He's not just a finisher. You know, he, he's up around, he's up picking the ball at yeah. nine. He's looking for the fringes. He's looking to attack you know, props and, and some of the forwards around the guard area. But in, t- in terms of what he offers over the course of a game, yeah. he leaves pure finishers in the dust. So who, who was Shane saying should start then? George North. Well, it would have been it would have been like George North, Lee Halfpenny, and Liam Williams. Okay, potentially. But George, Do you know what, mate? I I don't I don't. I mean, Shane is the one of the greatest of all time. I don't agree with that. Um, I, I don't agree with really that good. in the workplace. I tell you who I really thought was good on Friday night was Lee Halfpenny. A couple of mistakes because a wet ball, but I thought he looked really good ball in hand. Like a good acceleration looked good. He looked committed to running the ball back a few times. I tell you what I found odd, right? And this is, this isn't having this. Well, whatever. This is what I found odd. I watched him get the ball a few times, and pass it, and his passing off his left hand looked exactly like my passing off my left hand. Like it went to the right place, but you're like, whoa! Can he not pass off his left hand? It was really strange. He can't. Really? He can't. Yeah, he spins it the other way. Like the old school, you know. It part, was really strange. No, he, and can, I was like, he can pass with his left hand, I'm joking. Yeah. But he's not, I wouldn't say that he's the most comfortable player, ball in hand. And that's why you don't see him feature that much like uh, in first receiver. So yeah. someone like Alex Good often fe- often comes in the line. Yeah. He's, a, he's another ball a fly player half at 10. Yeah. yeah. But you don't see as much with that Willie Halfpenny. He's more wider channels. He's not, I mean, he, he came through basically on the wing. He was a yeah. winger, and they converted him to a fifteen because he had all the attributes. He's brave. He's a good kicker. Yeah, very good um, under the high ball. Very yeah. good defensively as well. Was he a right winger? Yes. Yeah, so he didn't have to pass off his left hand very often. Honestly, I just I, I noticed that and thought that is odd. But it's always it's always natural. it's always been the case. It's always okay. been the case. You know, okay. you, you often don't see him coming in first receiver and, and bringing someone on dummy line and then throwing a, yeah. a, a 15, 20 meter pass. You know, yeah. he's more out wide, um, kick receipt. Yeah, kick the ball back and then scoring eighteen points a game. Did you see that uh, Reese Priestland was great? Did you see he um, when he just took the he steamed up on Patchell and just took the ball off his boot? He basically, you know, Patchell was about to kick it and pre, where Priestland nearly scored that runaway try, but accidentally knocked it on. Yes, and he just stuck his toe out and just took it off the boot of Patchell and hacked it through. That was genius. Yeah, that was a touch of genius. That I think he'd be in the Welsh squad now. I think the Welsh squad's being announced. Do you think he will be? Next, I think so. He's been playing well for Bath. He's been keeping Freddie Burns out. Who else is there? There's, um, there, there's a few. There, there's bigger. There is um, Owen Williams, who's at Gloucester at the moment. Barely played. Featured a little bit. He played um, 12 at the weekend. Um, there is Sam Davis. There's Sam Davis looked good on uh, the other night against Saris when he, when he was. Yeah, there's Gareth Anscombe, but he's injured at the moment. So there's there's a few. 
You can't. You can't. I like Reese Patcher a lot. You can't tell me he's playing as well as Priestland at the moment. He's not. In fact, don't tell me that. You can't tell me that. Um, I can because he's been playing very well, and you you can't just judge that by I can. the weekends. I can action. I can. Um, they bo- they both been playing well. It'd be difficult to pick between them. But if you took if you if if you want to if you're looking at bringing the next batch of players through, you know Reese Priestland. What is he? Nearly thirty now. Mm. Patchell's younger. Thirty-seven now. Reese Priestland. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? But no, you, look, I. I'm just saying they're both Let's playing rewind very well. again before I forget and okay. go on a tangent. Did you see? Um, I mean, often you, we can't you can't watch every game because there's 150 games a week. Oh, I do, but, mate. Um, on Pellier Exeter, did you see Henry Slade's performance? I saw the highlights of mate. it, and I saw player cam. Mate, well, mate, it wasn't player cam. It was just mate. Highlights footage of Henry mate. Slade, mate. Yeah, England 13. I bet he won't be, but I bet he should be. He was superb, superb. I think they found what his position player. now. What a player! Um, Don Armand as well. Oh, will he play? It's funny, you know. I bet you he doesn't play. I bet how's you they, it, how's it funny? Um, it's funny when you think about it. <laughs> He's. Um, I bet you. Is is a bet for you? I bet you it's Courtney Laws at six. Geez, he deserves his spot full full on. He's amazing. I bet you it's Nathan Hughes at eight, and I bet you it's Chris Robshaw at seven. Bet you. I bet you. Hughes, fi- I bet you. Nathan 50 Hughes quid. was good yesterday. Um, yeah, he was. Nathan Hughes is a wrecking ball. Someone said yesterday he hasn't been playing that well. I don't agree with that. I think he's been great. I bet you that's the number. I bet you that is it. Yeah, Henry Slade is is silky. The second unluckiest channel. player to miss out in the whole league is Sam Simmons, but he's missing out because he's still young. The most unlucky player will be Don Armand because he should be playing. The issue you've got is you, you. I don't think you can not pick Courtney Laws at the moment. He's playing that well in a team that's underperformed a few times. He has been absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. And then you've got Marrow and Cruz in the second row. I think they pick themselves as well. So then the slots you've got left, you have to have a banger at eight. You know, you've got Nathan Hughes around. Nathan oh, Hughes he, he has to play. Them. Yeah, but then you've got you know, Don Armand at seven versus Rob Shaw. Over the ball, I don't, probably pretty close. Uh, neither of them turn over a huge amount of ball. I'm going to be completely frank. I'll be frank if you be Peggy. Uh, I would pick Don Armand at seven for England. Okay. Because I don't think you lose a lot versus Chris Rob Better than Sam, um, I think, at Bath? Underhill. Yeah. Um, Overhill. I think I'd be, I'd, uh, Underhill very close. I, I would cap him in the autumn. I would also find a way to cap Sam Simmons get them both involved in one of the more winnable games but I would start with Laws, Armand and Nathan there Hughes. There was a huge discussion. And, there and were, I, don't, I don't care what you say about there it. There was no discussion. There was an article coming out about um, the RFU not happy with Wales, the WRU poaching all these players. What players now? Yeah, exactly. Who have they poached? Well, um, who have they poached? It would be some... I'm not sure who have they poached. Exactly. Not much of an article then, is it? No, but... It is someone. Is it? Yeah. You, you should do your research before you bring something like that up because now yeah. you sound stupid to all uh, of But I was sort of hoping that you had done it. Nope. Uh, well, well, I'll Google it and have a look now. But um, did you like Danny Kerr's attempt on Nathan Hughes' tackle? First oh, half. Do you know what? I was watching that and... I mean, I, what, I, can't, I, I don't know what went I through watched it. Do you know what I said? What? I was like, oh, Danny. Oh, Danny. Because Danny's a tough bloke. Like, he's, yeah. a, he's little, but he's tough. And I was like... Oh, uh, no. Because that was... You, I, 
even in touch, that wouldn't have been called back, would it? No. Two-handed below the hips? I don't think it was. Yeah. It's just like, oh, no. Not good. So I've done a little bit of research now for that. And mm. um, this article that came out from the RFU, um, England have asked world rugby bosses to help to stop Wales and other home nations supposedly poaching some of the best young players to come through their system. Um, they've used Ross Moriarty as an example, mm. even though his father played for Wales. Not where, just where Wales. Did, where did he play, though? It's other Celtic nations as so well. They used Tom Shanklin as an example as well. I wish. Um, so that's what they, that's what they've done. Um, they used an, uh, another example of Ben Woodward, Woodburn for <laughs> Wales football. Um, yeah, because R- R- Ross Moriarty played uh, age group level for England, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. So um, yeah, waiting for a response from the WIU because they will respond to that. But I think the RFU have complained about that. There's ni- is there 19 Welsh players playing in England at the moment in the Viva Premiership? Don't know. Don't know. Mm. Yeah, I will. But anyway, back to uh, back to wasps. Um, that's a, that's a problem as old as time, isn't it? That I mean, <sighs> you know, mind games. That's what I say. Yeah. Um, how fast was Christian Wade for his try? Yeah. To charge down. Yeah, he's super rapid, isn't he? Good play, though. Yeah, yeah. He's Smith took a little bit too long to put on his boot. Jamie Roberts' angle what didn't really hold anyone, so Gopeth, mm. easy for him. Mm. Very good. Yeah, and that, that young Willis, that lad in the back row, came on and yes. kept turnovers. He looks great, doesn't he? So good. Doesn't wear a gum shield either. Always picks up on stuff like that, yeah. How do you not wear a gum shield? Oh, how do you Unless you're a nine when you've got to talk all the time. But um, oh, Mike yeah. Brown, yellow. I thought, right, if if that's a yellow card, it has to be a penalty try. Yeah. It wasn't, but it didn't matter because Ashley Johnson scored. Yeah, how about the the Dan Evans uh, yellow and penalty try? Yeah. Against, I think that's a yellow card. I don't think that's a penalty try. Because he's, it, it's he's, hard, he's ta- isn't it? He's ta- he's, that pass is going to stop him. Well, you don't know how good the pass is going to be because if the pass is crisp and he doesn't have to check his stride, he's going to run onto it and yeah. he's going to score. But the amount of times you see in those situations where the pass is a little bit behind the player or the winger yeah. um, it checks their stride they don't have the momentum then to take them over to the try line and cover gets them yeah um, but Brian O'Driscoll doesn't think it was a penalty try and I want to go with Brian because if you disagree with him you know what he gets like he's so aggressive isn't he you know what he's like he's a nightmare he comes around your house text. and sets fire to your car he'll be sending aggressive texts and stinging emails and slagging you off and all sorts won't he yeah calling you a slug a um, bloody nightmare but yeah Harlequins had to score half time. There's a chance right before half time. Um, there was a driving line out, didn't get anywhere near scoring, and 21 3 half time. Mm. Basically, game over. Yeah, game's easy, isn't it? Um, Josh Bassett. Yeah. Always performs, doesn't he? The hound. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's up to all sorts, isn't he? He's a. <laughs> that's licorice. Yeah, he's, um, he's deceptively good. Mm. He actually is. He's very, very good. Very player. strong. Very effective. And. Um, uh, I like Di Young uh, giggling when Joe Marler dropped the elbow on was it Rollins? Will Rollins the second yeah. row he dropped the elbow and got a yellow card I, I like Di Young's <laughs> Di Young's giggling at it <laughs> um, Ospreys um, performed pretty well against Saracens yeah they were great yeah yeah they were great and, they, they and the really Ospreys well. not been playing particularly well at the moment yeah. and they lost Lydia and Tipperick before kickoff. yeah I know did you see um, we'll retweet it later did you see the Scott Baldwin pictures of his bite on yeah. his hand yeah a lot worse than you thought. Well, I thought. Yeah, it's not nice, that, is it? No, proper, proper big gash in there. Yeah, horrible. 
I know he's back player now, but yeah, he's, been, he's been quite funny about it though, isn't he? Yeah, Osprey's picked up two bonus points there, but you know, you'd, Saracens are still probably the number one team. La Rochelle, mind. Yeah, they're great. They are great. <laughs> yeah, they're great. They're a great team. They've um, they got some mega players in that team. They've also got a lot of players that you've never heard of, who never heard of them. actually properly produce. And what I quite like about watching La Rochelle last season, mainly in the early parts of this season, is that they're often in a really tough spot and they dig themselves out of it and there seems to be a huge amount of belief and that one has generalised too much. A lot of promising French teams haven't shown that over the generations um, and they have. i tell you what was a, a quite a surprising result it was my old team, the Blues, beating Toulouse. Yeah, that was a surprise result. Yeah, I know. It was 15-0 to Toulouse, half-time as well. Yeah. Blues come back, beat them 17-15. Bloody well done. To, bloody well done. Yeah, three cheers. Good lads, three cheers. Question time. You're watching scrums again on your phone, are you? No, I was watching a little clip of uh, Victor Vito's hands. Crazy, isn't Velcro it? Velcro hands in that La Rochelle game. What it, player? Can you retweet that later? Are you able to do that? I'll do it now, mate. Okay. You got some questions? Um, we have got some questions. Um, just before I forget, we're not, there will not be a podcast next week because oh. Flats is away, unfortunately, so we can't do it. Um, is that the truth? I'm away. Right. Now, we're going to have a week off, aren't we, mate? Spring break. I mean, half term. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're we going to have a little break. We're going to have a week off. We also, we do have um, some live podcasts coming out um, through Fuller's and Guinness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've mentioned these before. We're just waiting to confirm the dates and the guests. So make sure you follow us on Twitter and we'll put all the details yeah, about the tickets yeah. and that sort of stuff if you want to come. But November 13th is being mooted as the first one, isn't it? Which is reasonably soon. And that's with Sam Warburton. Yeah. And that's in Bath, I think. Is that right? It is Bath. It's in a pub called The Huntsman. The Huntsman. We used to call it something else. But yeah, it rhymes with Huntsman. Um, good pub, actually. Yeah, I saw uh, Trump Warby Warbers um, on Friday night at Finethley. And he straight away was like, look forward to seeing you on November the 13th. So he's he knows the date. It's in his mind. He's pumped for it. He's good. Um, right, some questions on Twitter. We've got John Paul Richards. Can you see Owen Williams and Thomas Young being brought into the England squad on residency? Uh, no, because they've both been capped. Wake up, Chief. Do your research. Wake you, wake. Do your research like Shanks don't, had to take a break to do earlier. I did a wee. Don't ever tweet rubbish like that again. Such Otherwise, a shame, isn't it? Such a I shame will find you. When they get, it that, they get it that wrong, isn't it? Yeah. Um... Here's a question. Who are the there fair... One guy on email, by the way, I've forgotten his name now, but he emailed in saying, sorry guys, I'm 18 pods behind, I'm trying to catch up, but what do you think about line selection for the second... And I was like, you told us you're months behind, and then you're asking a question that's relevant to the pod you just listened to. He's like, don't ever do that again. Is he thinking 2021, though, selection? Yeah, or, something like that. Yeah. Um, right, Ross Adnet on Twitter. Mm. You've met both of these players now. Um who do you think has got the bigger head mm. physically now? So size wise, Xavier Rush or Jamie Roberts? Oh, that's not easy. Um, pair of cow heads, aren't they? Mm. Um, I say, I actually say Jamie Roberts. Mm. I say Jamie Roberts. Okay. Um, um, mm. Ross Evans wants to know: Did you enjoy Astor Forty Four? Yes, we did, didn't we? A lovely time, didn't we? Yeah. Um, I left there. I left there. Stuffed, actually, absolutely bloated. It's very, very nice. RG on Twitter is talking about Ben Whitehouse and Morgan Parra back on. I think we've gone through that. Um, 
I felt sorry for Ben Whitehouse because you always feel sorry for someone who's getting criticised as widely as that. He's done his best. You know, there's every chance he'll develop into a very good ref, but it just, you know, missed a few things at the weekend. Yeah. That's the way it goes, but they're, they're you know, they're costly at the top level, I guess. Have um, James Whitaker wants to know, gents, have you ever played against each other? What happened? Oh, I remember I smashed you in Wrexham. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember who won that game, but I, I remember it being um, Jason Robinson's first cap as well. Was it? Yeah, he was at fifteen. Uh, I was. I remember being. I was against Ben Evans. I'm, I'm sure we have talked about this before, but Flash said, uh, "Flat said, oh God, I smashed you in that game." I was like, "Did you?" Yeah, buried him. And this went on for ages and ages. Eventually, we found a, a video of the game, and that that hit. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You are aggressively we, passive. We won that. <laughs> we, we we won that game comfortably. I actually can't remember the score. Got no idea about the score. Yeah. Um, not yeah. Not too many questions here. Well, no, too many good ones. Um, um, a lot of people enjoying the, the Xavier Rush podcast. Thanks. One question I had on email was around. Um, it was around. Do you think you're ever going to get to a point in rugby whereby the national game stops mattering so much like football and it's all about the clubs? And I think you're. Probably not actually. I know the game's changing, but there's so much invested in playing for your country. And that's firstly, there's put the, put the pride and all that stuff aside because there's always going to be that. But actually, in England, certainly, there's a massive financial incentive to play for England. Yeah. There's also, you know, post rugby, in terms of endorsements and profile, post, it changes your life having played for England. I'm, I'm sure it's the same in Wales, but I'm. Your profile's that much higher at yeah. England than it is playing for your club. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not saying they're the only reasons. But Whilst you probably wouldn't say that with Premiership football teams. Yeah, it's not. So you get you get more profile playing for Man United than yeah. you do for England. So there's just there's more in it. You get and it leads to more. It's not the only reason people want to play for England, but I think because of those things added to the pride and drive and all that sort of stuff, I think I think we won't get there. What would you do in Reese Webb shoes? Um, I would honour what I'd signed. Mm. Actually, yeah, I think he will. I, w- I would as well. And I, and I would be talking really gently to the WRU and to Gatlin and saying, if if there is a complete misunderstanding, they can't punish him for that. But they're saying they told his agent, aren't they? And is that yeah, right? They're saying they told Derwin Jones, who is his agent. Um, but see, Der- Der- see, Derwin's fully switched on, so he would have known the score. But the, the legal argument then would be, were the terms signed before the announcement was made by yeah. WRU? Um, I, which- I would be honouring it, but I would be... But you've also got to think conversation like, and trying to get around it. For him now, you know, he's twenty eight years old. It's a big contract for him. Yeah. Probably two more contracts left in his yeah. playing career. You know, you've got to start looking at life after rugby and setting yourself yeah. up. Now th- we talked a little bit about this last week about you were saying that there there needs to be more of an incentive to stay in Wales and potentially the more the, the higher the incentive the, the well the incentive could be um for higher um, I don't know whether it's win bonuses or or fees from the WIU to play for Wales because at the moment it's nowhere near England, isn't um, it? No, it's not. I don't exactly know the exact um, figures, but that that's going to be the incentive. And it's one of those things that pe- people get really wild about this and say, "Well, it shouldn't be about money playing for your country," but it's, it's a not, job. It's not your job. No, it's their job. And you know, it, that's like saying, "Well, that bloke that works for Shell Petrol shouldn't be motivated by bonuses." It's like, well, why not? It's his job, you know. Yeah, it's 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 his earnings, and to say that 
but these the, guys these guys get you know I do it for free it's like no no that, that's different they, these guys played rugby for free for years until they were 18 yeah. but actually they are they're a, they're a world away from the player you know that plays on a Sunday morning it's, it's their job it's a huge should, amount of stuff. I know it's easy to say this but you know the WU should as a way to keep players is to up your match bonus and your win yeah. bonus because yeah. you know that's that's the reason why they are going across the border and across the France it is because of money because yeah. they want to capitalise what they can it is, being, very much so very being much generous so. with someone else's money here but but the WR in profit, you know, they've had another another good year. Mm. Um, the debt's going down. They're making more money. So there is money there, but it's, yeah. it's how it's invested, you know, through the grassroots. So, yeah, I mean, if I had a crystal ball, that's what I'd do. Mm. Have you not got a crystal ball? Or a lamp. All right. Um, should we call it a Doris Day, mate? Yeah. I've got to go. I'm going to Surrey for lunch, actually. Okay, very nice. Yeah, so swanky. Yeah, so sorry there's no pod next week, but... Hey, we don't have to apologise, mate. They understand. You need a break. You're stressed out at the moment. I'm off the floor right falling out. Um, one last question, Flats, uh, on email from uh, Gareth Thomas. Not the Gareth Thomas. Gareth Thomas from Kent. Is it true you um, recently turned down an MBE for services to rugby? Yes, it is. Really? Yeah. Okay, See you in right. two weeks, guys. Bye. 